me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. <laughs> You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. But this is a story not of the universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 490. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and this is my co-host, the procreational Papa Goss. Hello. <laughs> you made a pretty big announcement. In the DC On Screen Facebook group this week, buddy. Yeah, yeah. The wife finally did her own social announcement, so I, I, I did mine. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and get uh, that going. You want to tell the listeners? You want to be the one to have the honors to do that? I don't. It feels awkward. I don't. I don't really know how to do that. <laughs> having her firstborn. I, I don't know. Having your firstborn. I I feel so detached and strange when I talk about it. Like, yes, That's I've weird. spawned. <laughs> This is what it sounds like when a Vulcan has a child, apparently. I, I really don't, uh, yeah, I don't know how to uh, get emotive about it. <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird concept to me. But I am told that, like, I'm kind of excited. It's just, like, I'm told that moments of abject terror are uh, normal, so that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I, I assume ad, ad, it's not even terror like, is part of every life experience for the most part. Well, yeah, that's our personality. But it's um, <laughs> more acute, I guess, in this situation. <laughs> so it's it's weird, though. If I'm sitting there thinking about like the expenses or the planning or any of that, I don't get boggled by any of that. That mm-hmm. that's like, oh, okay, I can plan. This is I've got you know I've got a, a deadline. It's, it's that I feel like is approachable. Every right. now and then, someone will say something just about a like an everyday life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember an example. It, I, the The one I kind of remember is like somebody was just mentioning how they it, they were thinking they were going to run late because they were having like strapping in a car seat or something like that, just like an everyday minutia kind of thing. And for some mm-hmm. reason, that was was like a panic trigger. Like for a second, like just literally half a second, I, I thought I was going to start hyperventilating, and then it kind of passes. Yeah. And this is uh, this is you know I'm I'm a guy who has uh, panic attacks. I, I I'm mm-hmm. perfectly capable of uh, my you know nervous system just betraying me. But this is this is more deep and real than anything my nervous system can imagine. Absolutely, man. And, and then it just goes away, and you're like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'll do this, it's fine. <laughs> just car seat, just car seat, man. You can do it. There are instructions. Yeah, I think it'll be all right. I think the thing you're going to hate the most is just, you know, family members telling you how to raise your kid. Yeah. I, I could see that. That happens a lot. I could see that being taxing. I, I don't have, I don't have kids, but, uh, my, my sister does. And, uh, pretty much everyone who had a hand in raising us has an opinion 
about how to raise those kids, and it's all different. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I don't care. I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> I think that may be. And there's an amount of sleep deprivation that, even as someone who sleeps quite poorly, to put it mildly, uh, that I have not yet begun to encounter. And I know that's mm-hmm. that's just that's on the horizon, man. I know. I'm screwed. I get it. I've heard the stories. I saw a chart yeah, no, when sure. we were at the, uh, you know, at the OBGYN's office. Yeah. Explaining when the feedings and the poopings had to happen, and it was it was frightening. Right. But I imagine that amount of sleep deprivation might like take my personality just over the edge. Where like if someone starts to explain an opinion, you're like, oh, so, uh, let me cut you off. I don't care. I don't give a damn. I don't <laughs> care what your thought is, or I don't even want to hear it. Honestly, let's just uh, just just move right on. Don't don't care. Mm-hmm. I could see getting like kind of stressed and stretched out to that level. Oh yeah. Like I've never imagined like. If I ever had a kid, like, I never imagined not being able to sleep to be the problem because, like, I usually stay awake all night anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, I just kind of naturally lean toward that. Sure. Not saying I don't feel better when I wake up at a normal time and go to bed at, like, 9 o'clock at night or something. But I uh, have very rarely ever kept that kind of schedule. So I was always imagined that, like... My wife would be awake during the day, and I'd be awake during the night, you know? <laughs> oh, it'd be wonderful. Why, like, you could do shifts yeah. and take notes and have a journal. It'd yeah. be great. It was like, take the kids to school, you know, before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have different kind. conversations. Mine are going to be like, why would I take melatonin when I'm going to be up in an hour and a half? Mm-hmm. With any luck, that's just enough time to dream. And then right. pass out, wake up, blearly try not to drop a child while I feed it, and pray for sleep to come once more. But the cool thing is you get to... Uh, That's the kind of stuff get... I've been told about, by the way. I, I haven't been told, yeah. like, oh, my God, it's going to be amazing. It's like, hey, you should prepare yourself. Like, Good Lord. <laughs> I appreciate the honest instructions and everything, but damn. Yeah. Well, on the, on, the, on the good hand, you'll get to warp it. Yeah, yeah. You'll get to, like, you know, show up Batman. Yeah. Explain why you don't like the new gods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hear it say back to you daddy you're wrong the new gods are amazing i know see jack kirby there will be those betrayals (laughs) those betrayals (laughs) inevitably are there are things my my dad cares about where i'm just like i can't even finish this conversation i don't care at all at all i'm so sorry that is yeah that's my biggest fear about having a kid is like one day it like you know decide to play sports and (laughs) I have a wide range of interest. I, I, there's a lot of things I'm okay with, but it, I'm afraid it's going to be in like a niche thing where like the kids into engines and I'm like, I, you're going to have to explain it to me. Right, talk me through this, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I can deal with engines. I just don't want to have to go watch a ball game because my kid is in it. You will for sure have to do that. I am so scared of that. You will for like, sure have to do that. Uh, and I do encourage terrifying. it. I actually do. I, I still encourage little league <laughs> sports. Because it, like the major benefit in in uh, the time I grew up was, um, uh huh, you, you had to get beaten and then go over and shake someone's hand and say good game and not sneer at them while you did it. Like, you had to actually be a good sport and learn how to do that without you know. I'll see how that plays out for you because people are crazy these days. Like the parents, like you know, get get crazy and run out in the field and start yelling at people and oh I know everyone we everyone had gets a participation. Trophy. Yeah, but I was the coach. Uh-huh. We had those all day. It was it was it was rough. Yeah. You know how much time I spent sitting in a car, just kind of waiting on my dad to finish talking to somebody and and you know hear their feelings out, so we could go the hell home. No, that sounds appealing. It was a lot. It was a lot. But he was <laughs> a damn good coach. He should, he should probably start talking about the news and oh, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, man, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Uh, 
I feel like I'm being overly realistic where I'm like, yeah, thanks. It's going to be fun. Pretty sure I'm excited. Super scared. Yeah. You guys don't know it's sex yet, do you? We do not. Oh, okay. Are you guys going to find out or are you going to be surprised? Oh, we're for sure going to find out. I told her, just, like, I'm not even actually going to be able to go to that appointment. So I just told her to text me, like, like go ahead and tell me whether, like, it's going to get full pay or 70% of its pay. Just, just go ahead and text me and let me know. Wow. <laughs> well, if you want to be privy to uh, two big announcements like this, <laughs> um, ahead of everyone else sometimes, depending on who, who puts it up. We, are, we do have a Facebook group. Uh, it's got about 28 members right now. You're welcome to come join, hang out, and talk to us. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash DC on screen podcast. Don't go to just DC on screen because that's, those are different people and they, they haven't posted in a really long time. And what they did <laughs> post was just pretty much half naked pictures of women uh, with you know, Superman symbols around them or something. I, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> so it's hard to know how the, they got to the title, but okay. It's DC on screen podcast. It sounded like the, based on their description, it sounded like they were trying to do something kind of like we do, but just on Facebook and then just like gave up and posted boobies. Yep. Okay. A lot of people do that. We've had, we've thought about it. I haven't thought about it. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we just give up and put up porn. Don't, don't put that thought on a lot me, of Harley man. Quinn cosplay out there right now. I just, this could be easy. No, sir. No, sir. Also, uh, if you listen through the entire episode, you'll hear a voicemail. You can, you too can leave us a voicemail, 205-259-6331, and we'll repeat that later on. So, uh, right out of the gate, over to the DCEU. Uh, at the Licensing Expo, Warner Brothers put up a, uh, a couple of things. There was a uh, an Aquaman poster, and there was a really big Aquaman uh, display right next to the Shazam uh poster they put up which has taken the internet by storm but this aquaman looks pretty dope man he's very uh armored he looks like he's almost out of injustice but with mm-hmm. you know long hair and a beard yeah yeah it looks I, I, it looks very like uh golden green i think it looks awesome you know those moments where you you see a picture later in production and you remember the cries of outrage about a picture early in production and think see just wait mm-hmm. let's at least watch the film before we complain <laughs> right uh so yeah talking about shazam though they did uh they did put out that that picture of uh of him drink like drinking like a big gulp or whatever mm-hmm. and uh got a polite chuckle out of me at least yeah and they've released they've actually released that online and i heard like the squad cast guys talking about it and i absolutely agree with them they were talking about how it was just like put on like a white background and how it's it's just perfect to like crop that white background right out and use it as a meme. <laughs> and like, guess they know what, what happened? Doing. I absolutely agree. Um, so yeah, that like even David Sandberg, the director, got in on it. Man, he's uh, <laughs> he posted a BVS parody video because everyone else is doing it, and mm-hmm. it's like the shot of BVS with the family on the roof holding the the lady holding out her hand to the figure with the billowing cape hovering far above. We know that as Superman in that movie, but here it cu- it cuts to a close-up, and it's Shazam slurping on the big gulp. <laughs> and the slurp's what gets you. I don't know if the slurp's what got me. <laughs> this is just, it's just obviously like superimposed over, over Superman, but you see the cup outline, and it's like... Yeah. <laughs> it cracked me up, man. Um, he also put up a picture of, uh, he shared a picture. He, I don't think he did it, but he, he shared one of the his favorite memes of Batman and Superman in their profile shot staring at each other 
uh, face to face, and there's like a blurry Shazam drinking a soda in the background. Mm. This this is just so much fun. <laughs> I've never been so happy with the Shazam character or so excited. Yeah, it's been pretty great. Um, so yeah, they are I, they are wrapped. The movies, by, it, if we hmm. end up hating the movie, at least the the pregame social media was pretty straight. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're they're wrapped. There, uh, Sandberg says that's a wrap on Shazam. Now onto months of post production, and uh, by the way, people have been talking to him about the the Shazam costume, and uh, a lot of people are complaining that it still looks too cheesy or cartoonish. And um, he's called Sandberg big cheese. Just I know, but okay. right? Sam Sandberg took to Twitter, said that's kind of the point. I wanted him to feel a bit like an old fashioned superhero from the Golden Age comics. I uh, figured it would also make him stand out from the rest. And then other other people, I saw someone complaining why the why he has the short bolt mm-hmm. on his chest. Sandberg says, we needed to be able to bend his body. You find out that a lot of things that look very cool are very impractical, and it takes a couple of tries making these suits. Makes they, sense to me. And people complaining that there aren't lightning bolts. He's like, dude, that's post. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Just said we're going to post. The fan entitlement. The... <laughs> It's just gone way overboard. It has. It has. I'm like, <laughs> I, I saw those pictures, that, that picture of him with the big gulp. It didn't even occur to me. I never even thought about the lightning bolts. I was too busy cleaning out my pants. Like, <laughs> I, I I think that was the appropriate reaction, but oh man, that's the thing is everyone gets to be an editor in real time now. And it's just, it turns into a cloud of possibilities and mm-hmm. it, I want to say a cloud of possibilities and stupidity, but, it, you know, we're part of it. We all talk. Oh, sure. It's just, it has turned into a, a freaking muck, man. <laughs> like, legitimately, when I saw that picture, like, I squealed and, like, ran downstairs and showed my wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she wasn't even condescending about it. <laughs> she was like, that looks awesome. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Nice. So at the <laughs> again at the 2018 licensing expo, um, Daniel uh, Elysian, or I guess that's, I'm gonna, that's how I'm going to say it. Sure, just stick <laughs> with one wrong interpretation. That's what we normally right. do. Reported uh, Wonder Woman two. He says they explained the tones of the movie and showed some storyboard of art of a new costume for Wonder Woman. They also showed a small preview of what they're trying to do with Cheetah. Cheetah was literally a tease image based on what they want it to look like. Hard to explain, but probably what you think for for Wonder Woman is a battle gear. Pretty cool. Hmm. So I guess we're getting some battle gear for Wonder Woman. I'm pretty cool with that. People are upset about that for some reason because apparently it's set in the 80s and she's not going to have that battle gear in BVS when she should have been fighting Doomsday and probably should have had battle gear. I don't I don't know. It's sort of the same way. Like There's all these like reports that have been kind of taken down, like saying like, Oh, Chris Pine is, has been spotted. Yeah. We don't know if that means he's coming back. We don't, it might be a flash by it. might be a dream. We don't know. Yeah. There's, it's come like, on, man. There's any number of ways you can incorporate. He literally could just come visit. He could just come say hi, unless you see him in a costume. Then that would oh, be I weird. You, I thought you meant Steve Trevor could just come visit. I was like, hey, he's dead though, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's an afterlife. You knew that. You're a Greek goddess. Anyway. Hey, what's up? Right. How you doing? Then it wouldn't be weird if you showed up in costume. Yeah. I'm just kind of hanging out in Hades here, just, uh, uh, waiting to figure out where I'm going. Yeah, all right. Kind of a ghost thing. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> so, turns out, when they blew me up, I didn't have the two coins over my eyes. You know you know the story. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. could you spare a few? 
So yeah, I don't think anybody. I, I had no doubt that uh, they were going to do something with him, but I, I I don't know. We don't know what uh, what context there is. Like we don't know how he's going to be in the movie. I mean, I thought he would. He's just he's a big name. Not this isn't surprising to me. No, but again, the context you got to have that. Oh yeah. So okay, over to someone uh, will leak a costume later, and we'll be able to. Oh, they already leaked stuff, and and I guess Warner Brothers made him take it down. Mm. I didn't get too deep into it. I just know it's out there and people are freaking out about it. <laughs> I so, really uh, hope whatever whatever happens, they just... I, I kind of wish they'd start doing stuff like they've done recently with trailers. I, like, I want everything to be deceptive. Like, I, I don't want, like, Jared Leto running around in, like, the, you know, uh, Sith hood or whatever. Like, that's what that mm-hmm. I remember. Like, mm-hmm. waltz them across the parking lot in a fake costume at this point. I, I mean, dress them up as... Anything. Dress him up, actually. That'd be fun. Dress him up as a god. The whole internet can start, uh, you know, presuming that he's achieved some sort of higher plane and then just put him in his little freaking leather coat. Mm-hmm. If you're going to lie to us, go big, man. <laughs> I want the sense of mystery think... back about watching a film. Yeah. I'd like the sense of mystery back, but I don't think lying is the way to get there because then we just wind up with, like, Suicide Squad and Justice League regrets. Like, where was this scene in the movie? I mean, there's that, but like Deadpool did it recently, and it worked out. It, it worked out really well. Infinity War, the same Deadpool thing. Like they're getting better at it. Just, just improve the art of lying to me, so that we can get back to the period of like, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, I don't freaking know. We've seen this and this and this, and oh hell, see, I'm I just gonna Deadpool, have to see the movie. Deadpool is a is a particular type of situation because it's mostly a comedy. No one's taking that very seriously. Like. I mean, yeah, people didn't have, a... well, most people didn't have an emotional reaction to seeing Shatterstar. Yeah, you know? like, that's one thing. Right. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. Infinity War, different, and they fucked with us, and it was a good thing. Yeah, you just have to be careful, I think, with how you do it. Yeah, that's the problem. You can't just lie to us. Like, right. Uh, we talked about, like, the Star Trek con thing. That's just lying to us. Mm-hmm. That's lying, and there's no reward. <laughs> there He's not. No reward. He's not. He's not. He is. All right, you got me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you spotted the <laughs> plot early on, and I tried to lie to you, but you were right after all, and we should have thought of something better. That's what you hear when you when you go through that. You know, it reminds me of that. Um, what I actually heard is like, commercial you're absolutely CW right, plays. and we're just going to hand this to Simon Pegg now. I'm sorry, I will just step out of the way. You know the the commercial where the guys like the guy from what is it Silicon Valley or whatever it is there was like got the sheet over the the Verizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Don't know yeah, name, we know what but... it is. It says Verizon. He's like, no, no, it doesn't. You don't know that. <laughs> anyway, so. Yes, that's what we yeah. don't want to get into. But <laughs> on set, stuff like that, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. You start changing costumes just to get across the parking lot, you got my respect. Yeah, I mean, I think at some point, Shazam, it's not going to matter. Like, if you can, I think they're going to do a thing probably where it's like every film to gain steam for the film, they're going to have a YouTube. There's going to be a daily vlog. They're going to be walking around in costume, not caring. The director's going to be like, hey, this is the day we're, su- we're shooting the scene where blah, blah, blah dies. And that's just, what's, uh, it won't be news anymore, so there won't be clickbait. In a way, that'd be nice, because then I could just avoid all mm-hmm. of the like circles we normally travel in and still have mm-hmm. some mystery in my life. But I, I'd rather not, I'd rather not do that. Like, normally that behavior is relegated <laughs> to, like, movie soundtracks. They get released a month before, and it's like, when so-and-so dies, theme. <laughs> <laughs> But no one really pays attention unless you're starting to look. So, it's, yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, Heroic Hollywood is, is telling us that Birds of Prey is eyeing a January 2019 production start. 
Ambitious? And that they're looking to hire an all-female crew. I mean, it's not that ambitious. They've had a writer working on it for a while. And, and you know, uh, Margot Robbie's, we, we talked about this a while back, has said that, uh, you know, she had all these other movies that they've been talking about with Harley and Joker, and she doesn't know anything about those. Like, she's... She's been focused on... This is this is her thing, her girl <laughs> gang movie. So, I, I, it's been like three years, dude. I think yeah, they're... Yeah, she's working on it. I, I agree. I may be jaded so, about um, WB's production schedule now. As I've said before, like until the camera starts rolling, I don't believe the film is even going to happen. Oh, that's fine. But they do have a director and a writer, so... That's something. <laughs> but we've been there before. Mm-hmm. We have. You're right. <laughs> All right, so this is weird. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out here. It might not be worth a damn. But there's this guy on Twitter. Goes by uh, Daniel RPK. And his bio literally just says, Writer. Okay, but he has a he has a knack for announcing stuff about the DCEU before it's announced. Uh, like it does seem like this dude knows stuff. Uh, for instance, on February twenty seventh, he announced Ava DuVernay working on New Gods, and then it was announced March fifteenth. On April tenth, he said he heard a crazy rumor that a big director was in talks for the DCEU for a DCEU film. April seventeenth, Spielberg is announced to do Black Hawk. So uh, he's got people freaking out. He posted a picture of Hawkman and Hawk Girl. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, that, that's a possibility, I suppose. Thought it was worth mentioning. We only know one thing. <laughs> It'll probably be better than their TV counterparts. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, now, a few weeks ago, we're we're catching up, by the way. We're catching up. We've been off of news for a while. Um, oh, yeah. It's been just a, a long few weeks. I, everything ended. We had to watch everything and get it out there. It's, yeah, you know. absolutely. So, a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was... Uh, a couple of different places were reporting that Zac Efron had officially signed on to play Nightwing. Uh, Chris McKay said that shit ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit um, negative. And uh, Kirsty Clemens, this is exciting. She was on Conan, and I'll, I've cut it down a little bit because you know Conan. He's got a joke around. Mm-hmm. But uh, he says, you were out of, you were cut out of Justice League. Are you going to play that? Are you going to get to play that character someplace else? And uh, Kirsty Clemens says, imagine if I said no. Imagine if I was like, I'm cut out of the whole thing. But we talked about it, though, before, so it's not going to happen. I know I'm going to be in The Flash. Yeah, I'm Iris West. <laughs> so she's she's saying that she's still Iris. Yeah. She knows that she's going to be in The Flash. It was pretty fun, though. She like looked, she was like, yeah, I'm Iris West. Looked around and kind of looked back at Conan. She's like, why are you staring at me like that? And he just like, he's like, because you're the guest. <laughs> I'm the host. I'm supposed to stare at you. Can you imagine what it would be like if I just asked you a question and just turned my back to you? And then he does it. <laughs> I love Conan. Yeah. So anyway. I don't, I, I don't have any feelings one way or the other about her, but it's I do like that she was joking around about like, hey, what, what do you think would happen if I was like, yeah, no. Right. But again, that's almost where I wish we were going with things now, where they like specifically mm-hmm. gave the stars of of these movies like hey i want you to spread this and this and this false rumors go go forth go and tell conan this and then tell jimmy this (laughs) i don't care which jimmy so uh yeah we're 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 back to some rumors about the batman justin kroll on twitter says take this with a grain of salt as things are constantly changing in the dceu so even he's saying it he's pretty (laughs) reliable but I'm hearing the Penguin is possibly the choice to play the main villain in the Batman. Sources add, even if Reeves decide to go another route, the studio could then make him the main villain in Birds of Prey. 
So I guess the, 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 the notion is that like we don't have actual confirmation that Birds of Prey is the girl gang film mm-hmm. that Harley's talking that, that Margot Robbie's talking about. There might be a separate Birds of Prey. I don't know. Like we seem to get like a different take on that every couple weeks. But right. I don't necessarily want to see the penguin as the main villain in anything. Like I would love to see him as just like the gun running piece of shit that he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I mean just a I, guy I, who knows I, how to make a deal. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't I don't need to see him as the main villain. But, you know. I mean the the way that would make sense if you're going to do it is do the version of him where I mean he, yeah, he's the guy who knows how to make a deal, but he's un he's untouchable and you know, the city's really pretty much whatever he says it is. Mhm. Not violent unless he needs to be kind of guy. You know, if they uh if they cast uh Mark Shepard, dude that played Badger on Firefly, I would, t- I would be, I'd be, he could be the main villain. Yeah, I'd be so happy. Yeah, I could do with that. But Though some people are saying that um, it might be um, Andy Serkis because Andy Serkis said he wants to, he wants to be in uh, the Batman movie with uh, that he would do anything with Matt Reeves. Oh yeah, so just looking at the timing. Mm-hmm. I think I would be annoyed if they made uh, Penguin the Birds of Prey villain. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna do the Girl Gang movie, man, give him a real villain. Don't. Don't give them someone that the internet is immediately going to say like, "Oh yeah, they can only take down the penguin." That's just that's a straw mm-hmm. man argument. Just waiting to happen. Just just give them a real villain. Well, I saw you know I saw Ray uh, the flight cast talking about like he's seen a lot of people talking, uh, saying like they don't want him as the main villain of Batman, but they are happy. They would be happy for him to fight Batgirl or the Birds of Prey. Oh no! Come on! I'm like you're why? Just walking into like. First of all, it's a bad film, and second, you're walking into a wall of criticism that you mm-hmm. you, you should see coming. <laughs> like you should be a smarter human if you don't see that coming. Like personally, like I feel like the penguin is always going to be one of those villains that everyone remembers as a. As, he's like the Harry Mud of the DC universe. It, no one is ever going to remember him as a good villain unless you do him as a super good villain. Like he's going to have to be like completely like methodical. And like a true terrifying badass, you will have to. You're make gonna have him... to spend like the first thirty minutes of the film selling me on it. Yeah. Otherwise, what you hear is that's <laughs> that's the like Americana version of him. The first thing you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be to be honest, it didn't take very long for me to to feel like to go oh shit with Robin uh, Lord Taylor on Gotham. Like that is oh, yeah, he's a great interpretation. Yeah. That dude is ruthless. Like, it, early on, he kills those kids for a sandwich, and you're like, this is good. Well, he kills them for a ride, and then kills somebody else for a sandwich. But either mm-hmm. way, you're like, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm okay. I would be scared of this guy. Let's see what he's... I'll say this. Let's see what he's got going on. I mean, you crack you crack, you crack, crack wise about wank, wank, wank. Mm-hmm. But there is something wholly disturbing about the squawking, alliterative mannerisms of Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. <laughs> Maybe I've seen too many episodes of him in The Twilight Zone. <laughs> I think that may be it. There's nothing wholly disturbing at all about that penguin. Or any villain in that series. There is that something is not that the shakes point. you to the core. When you hear him say, my fine feathered fink, there's something that shakes you to the core. No. No, I think you may have been like, programmed differently. Like, if they if they had that interpretation of the penguin in, like, a gritty, like, dark Batman movie... And had him doing that, you'd be like, oh, this guy's a fool. And your thought would get cut off because then all of a sudden he just slit someone's throat who pissed him off. Yeah. I can totally get behind that. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, you're silly, but you're. Oh, he's alliterative so... and stabby. Great. <laughs> I just I don't care what they do. I just don't want to do. I don't want to do Danny DeVito again. That's the other thing that people remember is just like a like a literally foul mouthed looking Danny DeVito slurping down sardines. That or whatever the hell chum he was <laughs> chewing on the entire like. Noses and sardines, yeah. Yeah. And talking about <laughs> infant genitalia. Like, that's what people remember. Is, did he talk about infant genitalia? I he was going to blow them all sky high. It's been a while, man. That's one of those we've been meaning to review for a while, and it's that's the reason. Is like, I have that memory kicking around, and I want to go I want to go find out what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't think he actually <laughs> thought... He referenced his own dick as being a parasol. Oh, that's... Maybe that's... Maybe that's the confabulation that's confusing. I'd I'd like for that to be it. And he does like steal. He does kidnap like the firstborn of all of the uh, the the rich, basically the one percent of Gotham. Yeah, he I, steals I remember he pulls one, a uh, like a firstborn. A, yeah, firstborn kind of thing, and and then there's some detonate. I don't. Know. It's been it's been too long. I've been looking forward to looking like going back and watching that one though. <laughs> That's a review I've been looking forward to because it, it's the things I do remember of it. Honestly, some twenty years plus later, really twenty something years, probably mm-hmm. since I've seen the movie, I, still confound me. I, I, I'm I'm deeply into it. All right. <laughs> so there's a there's a little bit of uh, scuttlebutt going around. Uh, the one ring dot net posted. Uh, an update, decisions are being made by Peter Jackson and his New Zealand crew. Return to Middle Earth with Amazon, which would be a Lord of the Rings prequel series. Mm-hmm. Or play in the DC Universe. Out. It might work out. I mean, why wouldn't it? Ah, Lord they, of the Rings they did Lord of the Rings and hit. they did The Hobbit and it just didn't go over. The Hobbit was a massive hit. Every one of them. Not, well, not critically. But go for huh? it. <laughs> not critically or in the fan base, but go forward. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Made us money. Anyway. So there's a there's a there's a chance that he he might be in the DC universe. He might actually do a, a DCEU movie. Not opposed to I, it. I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. <laughs> My first thought too. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't know if that's going to come through on the recording, but we said that at exactly the same time. <laughs> there's a bit of a lag on the recording, but I kind of hope it does come through. Anyway. Then they can know we plan every single line, and I accidentally read yours. No, that doesn't happen. God, oh god, that kind of. I time. would really hope. I would really hope people would would not think that as much as I stammer and stutter and like don't finish my sentences, that that wasn't actually written down. No, we we build that and the false memories in to make us seem human, and then we build in explanations okay. of those false memories and stammerings to make us seem even more human, right? And not robots from the future. So if Peter Jackson did something, what would you want him to do, man? Peter Jackson? <laughs> yeah, remember that director we were talking about? I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> a lot of people are saying they want to see him do uh, Green Lantern Corps. I I mean, why? Because it has something to do with rings? <laughs> that does seem to be the association there. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. I mean, He has shown yeah. an affinity for large... Like war films, so let him do Hawkman, Hawk Girl, and do like a Rand War, Rand Thanagarian War. Oh, that would be cool. I mean, he could do like I'm. Uh, he's good with the CGI Just don't stuff. Don't give any like, like elves to jump down 
beast backs and you'll be fine. Right. I mean, I I can kind of see that too with like Green Lantern, like with uh you know a bunch of like a whole Green Lantern Corps running around in space. You know, you got big space battles, yeah. dog fights, um, or just versus one parallax or something. Right. Um. Now, if if we didn't already have James Wan, I would have said let him play with Aquaman. But oh, uh, I I might have thought that too. But uh, I haven't gotten to research this at all. But uh. I was reading a cracked article and they pointed out that he's got this weird weakness with underwater shots. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, those do look bad. Mm, okay, fair enough. But, uh, you know, my my initial thought as with the universe as it is was that I would love to see him do uh, like Justice League Dark. I could see that. Yeah, I, I, I could get behind that. I mean, just the, the like the intricate stuff the jason blood intricate stuff like the flashbacks origin story of that like all of that would be like amazing yeah he does have a an affinity for uh for magic actually though i he also has an affinity for like forced perspective shots that aren't cgi mm-hmm. he could do a great mm-hmm. atom probably Ooh, i'd like to see an actual atom good. grow and shrink without a cgi that would be amazing <laughs> that would be cool you know it's funny is um Brent on Fans Without Borders like posted a thing and said, uh, I'm just curious, what movie do you think we do need? Or <laughs> Because so many people, I guess, are saying, like, you know, we don't need this movie right now. I was like, you know what I need? I And I it was even more like, I even thought of this, and I thought, oh, man, that's even more so. I've said it before on the show. I need Blue Beetle and Booster Gold with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. And I really want it to be directed by Peyton Reed. He did the breakup with Vince Vaughn, so we know he's got that kind of comedy beat down with him. Right. And he directed Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just like to throw that out there every once in a while. No, we, we've, um, yeah, you've, you've pitched that for years now, and I have never once thought it was a bad idea. I don't care how old they get. <laughs> Not once. I really don't. You can write that in anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if they're older, it makes even more sense. It kind of does. You I mean... Yeah, I don't. I don't anyway. think there's a a spot where that doesn't make a a good movie for me. <laughs> like that's the kind of formula where it would be on you to fuck it up. Right. It's not make this work. It's don't drop the ball. Mm-hmm. So Empire Magazine was talking to Henry Cavill, and they were talking about a whole bunch of Justice League stuff. And um, <laughs> he says, when we decided to go for the mustache. I certainly wasn't expecting all the events to unfold, unfold as they were going to unfold. I wasn't expecting Justice League reshoots to be as extensive as they were. As you will see when Mission Impossible Fallout comes out, to have a fake mustache on would not have been a possibility. Um, he also talked about the reception of Justice League. Um, he says, I think all these things have their place in their time. There are many reasons why the audience have responded in the way they responded. It's all lessons learned. I think that's about as diplomatic as you can get with that. Oh, he's very good at that. Now, with with the decision to keep Superman out of the marketing, though, he does he he gets a pretty he gets pretty raw there. He says uh, that that whole concept was faintly ridiculous, and I honestly believe everyone viewed it as such. Of course, if I'm on the press tour, I'm in the movie. Obviously, you knew, and that was a different little tap dance we danced together. But for the audience, I wanted to leave some mystery. I think it's important to have some mystery in movies these days. And he's right. It was ridiculous. We all knew he was going to be in it. Oh, yeah. Like, the mystery was how is how are they going to bring him back? Yeah, the mystery which, was, are you going to screw me over and make this be like a third act Deus Ex kind of situation? Mm-hmm. And at least we did get to see him through. I, 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 I don't know. I think it was always going to be a little bit of that. 
I, I don't know what the reshoots did and didn't un- do, but like the fact that he's there earlier in the movie at least works for me. Uh huh. Like if it had been, you know, the team can't defeat him and then Superman shows up, that's just boring. I think that was kind of probably always the thing. Yeah, based on some of the reshoot stuff, I think that was maybe it. Which would have been fine if Snyder had his original vision where he got to come back and do another one. And like, he had a longer story he was trying to tell. He wasn't trying to condense Absolutely. this to two and a half hours. It it, it wasn't. Yeah, it's it that 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 thing got out of control. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, do you see Cavill mentioned something about? It's not even Cavill. It's maybe one of the producers. Somebody mentioned like a mustache would look ridiculous at a hundred miles an hour. Or something like that. <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't see that at all. I think it was Cavill's. Like, yeah, fake mustaches don't stay on at 100 miles an hour. That's funny. And it's a Mission Impossible film, so yeah, there's probably like a high speed chase through some Italian street structure or something. Yeah, yeah, of course, there's that consideration. I'm still calling bullshit though. Like, you can have it, film it right up to the point where it doesn't make sense, and then add it, and it still looks better mm-hmm. than the alternative. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'm annoyed with Paramount for not being open to it, but... I'm uh, more annoyed with WB for not just literally... I'm more annoyed with WB. Like, Cavill could have broken his contract, WB could have paid it, and it would have still made more sense. They they had a perfectly fine pooch right in front of them, and they screwed it. <laughs> that was one of the least defensible decisions I've ever seen right there. It, <laughs> like, there is no amount of fallout. Like... They could have done, this would have been fun to do, like have Cavill do a couple days of test footage, which I think I remember seeing that they did. Some test footage was like, eh, it's okay. And then they sped up production and didn't give enough time. And it was like, oh, this isn't going to work. Like, seriously, give them a, a little, like a couple days to really try it and then say, this is mm-hmm. how bad it looks. And then give them a couple days to add it and say, this is how good that looks. And have that on the docket and then just have Cavill, you know, shave and be damned. Uh-huh. WB could seriously, there's probably a contractual fine, I'm betting. Pay mm-hmm. it. Pay it for him. You'll make your money back. I, you know, fall, I'm, just, it, I, I'm not saying Cavill should have shaved. I'm saying they should have given the, if they had to do this, they should have taken the time, pushed back the date a little bit, and actually, like, let let it be flawless as the CGI people say that it would they, have been. They could have gotten it to if they had done. I know, but, but as... You know, the mustache is the quick and easy thing to joke about. I've done it myself. It's the quick and easy thing to, to hop to to talk about how bad that movie is. I didn't even think the movie was that bad. Like, I, I enjoyed what I got. No, I still I've like soured on it a little since the since our review. But it still wouldn't have been Snyder's vision. It just wouldn't have been. No. I mean, that was... No. So, I, I think was there would his, be a slight... If it was his vision, there wouldn't be a mustache controversy. That's just... Right. But, I mean, there would still be a slight... You know, it wouldn't be slight. It would there would still be a huge backlash. It just would be like slightly less so. I don't know. I, I wouldn't know how to calculate that one. What I mean, I don't know. It was just, as we've mentioned before, the real culprit is not the mustache. It's Sujihara. Yeah, I I believe it's Sujihara. Though there's this photographer that uh, that's been saying that it was uh, that it was Jeff Johns. That Jeff Johns is the the backstabber and all of this. And a lot of fans are blaming Jeff Johns and Joss Whedon. I think they were brought in to do a thing. Like, and honestly, I don't think Jeff Johns is really in that different of a position. Everyone's like, "Well, he's gone now." No, he's not. 
No, he's really not. Jeff, first of all, Jeff Johns is, a, is an amazing writer, and he gets these characters better than anyone else, and I don't really give a shit what you have to say about that. Like he's the living Bible for DC Comics right now. I don't know that guy personally. He might be a, snack, a snake in the grass. He might be, like, the worst person ever. But what I know about the dude, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is he is a walking encyclopedia for DC, and he understands those characters better than anyone else. Um, I don't know uh, yeah. what his decisions were on Justice League. Like, they... All of these, all of these titles they give them, like, yeah, they replace Walter Hamada with with Jeff Johns, but I don't know, like, all of these titles sound made up, like completely, and they are obviously every title is made up, but these just like, it sounds like they just gave him a different title just to appease the fans after Justice League backlash. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. I, the thing that I know there's some Jeff Johns blame out there right now, but I think you there's are right. Like Whedon stuff and him were brought on. in to do a job. Whedon even kind of in a backhand shady way complained about the job he was given to do yeah that's what kills me and that's what i don't uh, that's what i understand for these people who are like thinking that jeff johns and joss whedon were like in on it to do this to justice league jeff johns didn't, didn't do anything to they love these properties they yeah, wanted to like, make a good product it jeff johns did not promote justice league on his twitter and joss whedon actively like liked shit that was talking about how bad the villain was right like, I don't think they were happy with it. I think it was, like, Sujihara, man. I, I really do. That's the thing. Is I think they were brought in to do a job, and the person in control of that time frame, man, it wasn't them. Jeff Johns didn't say, hey, the mustache is good enough, send it out. Right. That is but not you know the person what? If, we're blaming you. If you're saying, like, I mean, yeah, Joss is gone, it looks like, but, I mean, Jeff wrote the story for Wonder Woman 2, so, with Patty Jenkins. So, I don't think Joss I mean, probably ever wants to play in that sandbox again. I don't think Joss wants anything to do with any of it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Based he on his comments, out. I think he just wants to make his own shit and be done. Yeah. Like, he's made his money. Like, he popped in because he, you know, was going to do them a solid, and all of a sudden it just, like, went downhill. And then they went, hey, man, thanks for coming. Um, by the way, I'm going to chop off both your legs and tie an arm off, and uh, good luck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll never know. I, we, I, even, even if, like, documentaries are made and... And everyone has their <laughs> they like throw yeah everyone throws in their two cents. I don't th I still don't think we'll we'll really know. Like I'm not sure, and I'm gonna get flack for this. I am a hundred one hundred percent sure Zack Snyder doesn't know exactly what happened. Like if you think about it, like you will like if you've ever worked anywhere, you, <laughs> you know there's shit that your GM thinks about what their supervisor did, and that stuff ain't real. Like they don't know what happened behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, 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 like, I'm not saying Zack Snyder doesn't know more than I know. He absolutely does. Well, for sure, but. Well, about certain things. Apparently he doesn't know about this Russian family that's in Justice League. <laughs> 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 like, people brought that shit up to him on Vero, and he's like, what Russian family? Like, we get it, Zack. You still haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't blame you, but <laughs> I get it. No, it, honestly, that's the one thing I'm a little mad at him about is, like, come on, man. Just just watch the thing. Like, be be informed, as the rest of us are, about what actually happened. It, it's the same thing I would tell anyone else who, like, a minute ago we were talking about Shazam. Watch the movie. Mm -hmm. Please watch the movie and then complain. I mean, I absolutely want to see the Snyder Cut, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't... When you hear reports that, you know... Jeff Johns is over here telling him on Man of Steel, "Hey, don't snap the, don't snap Zod's neck." And David Goyer's going, "Yeah, that's probably not a good idea." Even Goyer is going, "That's probably not a good idea." <laughs> and then they do it. And what, what, what's the big thing we hear about Superman, Man of Steel? Like, oh, he snapped Zod's neck. Like, don't, oh, man, come on. 
I mean, I didn't care because Superman always kills Zod. That's what happens. But <laughs> And then I was really Apparently, happy that they were going to like, deal with the destruction and the mayhem and the aftermath. Like, there was a plan there, and I can get behind the plan. Mm-hmm. But I agree. it's a little pretentious to, like... And to his credit, I haven't really seen Snyder, like... He's he's thrown some shade. He's mostly talked about his cut. It's not like he's like gone after the the final cut or the theatrical cut. But he says he hasn't seen it. I know, but that's kind of like this backhanded. Like, just watch the thing. Just watch it, and then we can all talk about mm-hmm. it on the other side. Instead, he's well, just I mean, like throwing out that... pictures of his stuff and what what I wanted to do and blah blah. blah. Just just watch it, and then even mm-hmm. that has more gravity. Well, I you know I sort of. Like, I am absolutely on board with the Zack Snyder cut. I, I, I feel for Zack Snyder. I like Zack Snyder as a director. I almost have all of his movies on Blu-ray. I don't, <laughs> I don't have the owl thing. I haven't seen that. But um, at this point on Vero, I'm starting to feel like it's like, like he knows about the Russian family. Like, I feel like he, he he's being a little petty about it now, where he's just like, I don't know what's happening. And it's just, that's how it's coming off. I don't know if that's absolutely true. A little haughty? But... Yeah, I'm like, you know, that's yeah. And what's worse is this uh his this person that he's always talking to on Vero, this this uh Fiona who's like spearheading the Snyder cut has just been like really viciously attacking Jeff Johns. And I'm like, you and like bringing up like old articles from like last year, I think even before Justice League came out and like attacking him for things he said on on Twitter. And it's just annoying, man. It's just causing it's just stirring shit. I understand you want the Snyder Cut. I want the Snyder Cut. But there's a better way to go about it than just, like, stirring a bunch of shit with the fans. Yeah. And pitting people against each other. I honestly believe. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to keep... I'm going to go, I'd like go to away think, from this topic. Huh? I would like to think that's true. I'm not sure anymore. But I, I, I do believe it. Yeah. I mean, I, as DC fans, I truly believe we need to get away from everything that's happened in the past. We need to stop talking about Justice League as, like, this big, like, divisive thing it's not the snyder bros against the real dc fans or the marvel fans or it is what it is if you didn't like it i'm sorry if you did like it that doesn't mean you're a bad person like the the part that like i'm annoyed about a lot is because of all this uh toxicity like a lot of people have come up with points that would otherwise sound like good solid like discussion points if like if minus the tribalism Mm mm-hmm like if it was like, if someone was talking about the coloring, like you see all these side screenshots or you know, side by side shots of of the, and I say I still say supposed Snyder cut versus supposed Whedon cut. Mm-hmm. They would be a nice like, hey, let's talk about this kind of thing. Like it, it's an interesting idea to talk about. Hey, you know, where should really like what what should the color grade be? Like what what kind of tone are we setting with these kind of things? There, there's a lot of things you could talk about that I would enjoy talking about. But then it's never presented as that. It's it's like. You see a you know a, a four panel thing and a couple of colors and then it's like release the Snyder cut, uh, uh, fuck the DCU boys like it. Mm-hmm. It's never just a discussion situation anymore. No, it's not. They it's it's just it's maddening, man. Yeah. So anyway, if uh you know whether you like Justice League or not, whether you like Zack Snyder or not, if you enjoyed this episode, please pop over to iTunes, give us a a, a positive rating, and. uh we are going to be talking about the upcoming DC TV stuff. Uh, everything is pretty much ended except for Supergirl. We're going to get a little spoilery. Uh, I'll give you some extra some extra knowledge that is going to be spoiler specifically where we're where we get into that. But uh, we're going to jump over to DC TV. If you don't want to know about that stuff, uh, you know, 
we're, we're on Twitter at DC on screen. We're on Facebook. We have a new face. Well, it's not even new. We've had it for a while, but we just, I'm going to try to do something more with it. DC on screen, uh, podcast group on, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've had some fun little conversations over there. I'll get into some of that in, in, uh, in the TV section, but here we go. And this is, this is, this is exciting. This is probably the most exciting thing, um, that I, that, that I've heard about any TV show coming out, this Watchmen. I didn't think I was going to be, I have not been excited about this. It's been like, eh, maybe, yeah, it could be good. Eh, Damon Lindelof, maybe. But for real, like, I am super excited. Like, again, I was reading up on this, I flipped out, like, went downstairs, told my wife. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good review. I know. So, they, they have put out a cast list. And I'm not really that excited about that. That's fine, whatever. But it is Regina King of American Crime and Leftovers, uh, Don Johnson of Miami Vice and Nash Bridges, Tim Blake Nelson of The Incredible Hulk and uh, the Josh Trank Fantastic Four. And by the way, I, because of this, I found out the Coen Brothers, because he's going to be in the Coen Brothers' upcoming Netflix anthology series, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Coen Brothers was going to do anything with Netflix, so I'm super excited about that because I love the Coen Brothers. Right. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr., Adelaide Clemens, Andrew Howard. They've all been cast in HBO's Watchmen. No idea who they're playing yet. But uh, the the thing that's so exciting about this is that on Instagram, uh, Damon Lindelof wrote a five-page letter to the Watchmen fans. <laughs> and it's wonderfully written. And the style of it is in... Uh, the style of it is a loving homage to Watchmen in of itself. But what he said about the upcoming se- series is what's so exciting to me. And here's the pertinent excerpt, and I'm sorry, but it's a little it's a little long, but it's it's important, I think. Uh, it's not the it's not the full five pages. It's just it's like maybe a fourth of a page. He says we have no desire to adapt the twelve issues Mr. Moore and Mr. Gibbons created thirty years ago. Those issues are sacred ground, and they will not be retread, nor recreated, nor reproduced, nor rebooted. They will, however, be remixed. Because the bass lines in those familiar tracks are just too good and would be fools not to sample them. Those original 12 issues are our Old Testament. When the New Testament came along, it did not erase what came before it. Creation, the Garden of Eden, Abraham and Isaac, the Flood, it all happened. And so it will be with Watchmen. The comedian died, Dan and Laurie fell in love, Ozymandias saved the world, and Dr. Manhattan left it just after blowing Rorschach to pieces in the bitter cold of Antarctica. To be clear... Watchmen is canon, just the way Mr. Moore wrote it, the way Mr. Gibbons drew it, and the way the brilliant John Higgins colored it. We are not making a sequel either. This story will be set in the world as creators painstakingly built, but in the tradition of the work that inspired it, this new story must be original. It has to vibrate with the seismic unpredictability of its own tectonic plates. It must ask questions sorry, new questions, and explore the world through a fresh lens. Most importantly, it must be contemporary. The Old Testament was specific to the 80s of Reagan and Thatcher and Gorbachev. Ours needs to resonate with the frequency of Trump and May and Putin and the horse that he rides around on shirtless. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of horsemen, the end of the world is off the table, which means these heroes and villains, as if the two are distinguishable, are playing for different stakes entirely. The tone will be fresh and nasty and electric and absurd. Many describe Watchmen as dark, but I've always loved its humor worshipping at the altar of the genre while simultaneously trolling it. As such, 
Some of the characters will be known, new faces, new masks to cover them. We also intend to revisit the past century of costumed adventuring through a surprising yet familiar set of eyes. And it is here where we'll be taking our greatest risks. That sounds amazing. I want to see a contemporary in-universe Watchmen follow-up. Yeah, yeah. His little essay eliminated a lot of worries. That's just, like, like I, 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 oh, man. Like, you remember, uh, you, you must have seen, obviously, the all the references to his father. Mm-hmm. And, you know, him him getting the book, and it was, it was too early, but he still, like, he just ate it up. And I, it was well done. And yeah. it did feel a lot like one of those kind of, in between issue, like you know, back of the page kind of things. You, you that was it was so dense those comics, man. Yeah, I I love I love Watchmen. I love I love Zack Snyder's take on it. But I'm excited that this is a sequel, not a quote unquote sequel, but it's not a sequel, a follow up. I'll say to the the comic. Um, yeah, maybe it'll be ambiguous to be both. But I uh, I don't think Damon Lindelof liked the Snyder cut. So. <laughs> I, I don't I know. Don't think like, liked I liked the idea that um, I even liked the idea that he was approached a couple times and just said, yeah, "No, <laughs> no, yeah, not touching that right now." Mm-hmm. I love the second guy. It was like, "Who's Alan Moore?" <laughs> it's but, pretty uh, telling of Hollywood is, in a lot of ways, though. Oh yeah, but in that in the five pages, he does talk about how he sent a similar letter to Alan Moore, and he's like he didn't respond. He said he's not gonna like reveal what Alan Moore said to him anything, but I get the feeling that Alan Moore was like, all right, you know. <laughs> I mean, you want to get that feeling. In all likelihood, Alan Moore like burned the paper over a snort- snake corpse or something. Even if he did give him his blessing, he did that most most assuredly. <laughs> <laughs> That could go, that could be a good or a bad thing for Alan Moore. He put on his little fing- pointy finger thing and burned it over. Anyway, at least some snake blood. Who knows? Yeah, but I'm super excited about this Watchmen series. I'm more excited about this Watchmen series now after reading that than I, ha- I am about any other DC show coming out. <laughs> this is your boy now. Let's do it. This is my boy right now. Yeah. Right. Uh. So. Longtime listeners will know that this next show that we're talking about is most assuredly not our boy. But um, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't. We weren't. We weren't happy with the with the way things ended with it. Uh, so Lucifer, uh, Lucifer aired its last two uh, canned episodes on Memorial Day. Well, and while it hit the third highest trending spot on Twitter with three hundred forty one thousand tweets, it was also a series low for ratings with two point six and then two point five million viewers. Have you Have you watched them yet? No, not yet. I haven't had time. I haven't had time. But I've I've read some reports. Uh, the Ella standalone happens after the finale. Oh, really? And that's been confirmed by the showrunners. So there's a bit in the episode where Chloe tells, like Chloe and Lucifer are still working together like normal, and Chloe tells Ella, of "I've course. seen some weird things, some really weird things," and that is a direct reference to the the, the last finale. So apparently, they just go back to status quo, which is what I would have suspected. God, that's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the kind of boring fucking bullshit we were mad at you about, Lucifer people. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's May some... May you remain unemployed here. until you learn your lesson. I'm sure there's some slight planned variance, you know? much, But it's like what Linda found out. It was just like, all right, well, he still just goes in there and talks to her for a minute, and he's still clueless, and he still leaves. Yeah, but they incorporated it hugely and quickly into the series. That's just... For a minute, and then they went right back to status quo, as far yeah, as I was yeah. concerned. In a lot of ways. I mean, kind of, yeah, but, I mean, yeah. 
You know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just not going to help my disappointment. That's apparently canon and after, and it's still... Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, guys, please learn your lesson. Right. So Joe Henderson uh, shared a picture of himself uh, with Tom Ellis. And, you know, they're having a couple of beer. And uh, it says, plotting devilish things with Tom Ellis. Hashtag save Lucifer. Hashtag pick up Lucifer. Ellis shared the tweet. With his people says, hmm, I wonder what we could be talking about. Hashtag save Lucifer. Hashtag pick up Lucifer. Well, I'm going to assume it's not the continue the actual continuation of the series since you're still hashtagging save Lucifer and no, hashtagging they, pick up Lucifer. They were talking about Jaeger shots. <laughs> like, would it be great if someone picked us up? That's um, where I've got my money. No. Wishing wells and Jaeger shots. Mm-hmm. And I think with like with the fact that those two episodes are or that one episode, at least. The other one's an alternate universe story narrated by Neil Gaiman as God. But with with that one being kind of status quo, supposedly, which again, I haven't seen it yet. I might, I'll if if it's not if I'm wrong, I'll I'll mention it on the next show. But sure, um, if it's that status quo, and uh, I'm I'm good. I don't need an ending. That's enough ending. I know. I know what it's going to be. I don't need a made-for-TV movie. I don't need another a shortened season, a miniseries. I'm just, let's just kill it. Let's just let it die. Just let it go. Uh, now, Lucifer fans may be focused um, on uh, saving it, but Fox is going to be putting, or Warner Brothers Home Entertainment is going to be putting it out on DVD and Blu-ray, complete third season. So maybe you can try to help save it that way. <laughs> Going and buying the Blu-ray. It's got to have 26 episodes of the third season. That's, that includes the two bonus episodes from, uh, well, Memorial Day, Boo Normal yeah. and Once Upon a Time. And it's going to have a behind-the-scenes featurette and the uh, 2017 Lucifer Comic-Con panel. I have yet to purchase any of the Blu-rays of Lucifer. No. I probably will just gonna, because I'm a completist. But Not going to happen for me. Uh, actually, this may be possibly the meanest thing I've ever said on the show. Oh, well. It would take at least a year for a lot of that data to come in a year or two. Mm-hmm. And the best chance this show has at revival is I think a lot of the people behind and included in the series will still be unemployed. <laughs> I don't think that's the, the meanest thing you've ever said. Felt it? I don't know. I nominate it. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we've talked about this briefly before, but Gotham has been renewed for a fifth and final season on Fox. It has also been moved to uh, mid-season to air what many are reporting to be 13 episodes. Uh, no one has confirmed the final season episode count yet. Uh, Hollywood Reporter sites sources are reporting it, though. Um, John Stevens recently said that um, regarding the comic book versions of the Gotham characters, fans can, quote, expect full satisfaction on those counts. He mentioned uh, Ben McKenzie is growing his facial hair as we speak. I, uh, I even looked at a, uh, I think it was an Instagram post from Marina Baccarin about Mother's Day, and uh, Ben's got a full beard going on. <laughs> so I would love, since it's No Man's Land, I would love to just, like, come back and Ben's got the beard. Yeah. And then like, near the end of the season, like maybe in the last episode, he shaves it down to, like, you know, a thick mustache. Sure, yeah. But, you know, an artist must have the limestone to sculpt. You need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You need all works. That. All right, so just grow it uh, out, and we're gonna pay someone five thousand dollars to come in and trim you and make you look nice. Yeah. 
John Stevens talked a little bit about uh, what's coming up next in a comic book.com exclusive. He says, uh, you, they asked him what's coming up next for, for, uh, for season five. He says, you mean besides no man land, no man's land. <laughs> and, uh, are you not entertained? <laughs> right. And he, he talks about, uh, he said, there are other arcs coming. He says, uh, I'm trying to remember which stories they actually are. There's going to be a little bit of zero year in there. Uh, you know, as well, uh, some of that stuff, especially with Nigma, and there's another one. But if I tell you what it is, it really does spoil the story. So maybe he'll have you know Nigma blackmail the city, take over the city, uh, you know, with his new superpower. Yeah, with his new superpower that that, uh, that Strange gives him. Mm-hmm. Whatever's happening. Yeah. They better wrap that shit up quick, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that'd uh, be nice. Though. I hadn't thought about it. We are doing No Man's Land. Everyone got sections. Leslie got a section in No Man's Land, and she's about to get a power, and healing would be a nice power for her. Hmm. That'd be kind of cool. A little on the nose, but... No, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be, like, the that'd ultimate be... Greek tragedy if, like, her power is, like, she touches things and then wilts and dies? <laughs> it it would make sense for her character evolution. <laughs> like, it would be Strange's, like, ultimate little, like jab at her i don't know yeah i'm worried like riddler's gonna get like telepathy or something and and just Mm -hmm. suddenly be able to see (laughs) literally what everyone's thinking Uh but it'd be it'd be fun though if like his if he got lazy because he actually could tell what everyone was thinking now and uh it just kind of stopped exercising exercising his actual mind mm-hmm. and then at some point he loses that ability maybe because who knows maybe lee gets the ability to take powers away whatever yeah um and and then like, he loses that at a critical moment and can't see something coming cuz he's he's just gotten a little uh, <clears throat> a little on the heels you know mhm what did you give riddler oh i did something terrible to him he's still the riddler but i gave him itchy dick yeah <laughs> He just sort of stands around all day scratching his dick. <laughs> he just looks like really uncomfortable. He's just always kind of like grabbing at it through the through his pants, like trying to. Everyone's compelled to be like, "You got a, you, you okay there? You got a problem?" Yes, I'm just, just I feel like I got into some cow itch or something. I don't, I don't know. What's <laughs> what did you give Lee? Ah, oh, she's an Earth goddess now. <laughs> right. What did you give? What did you give Edward? Ah, the vague feeling that something is right behind his ear. <laughs> He's just always like just always his turning ear. to the right God, like a, to look. Kind of have a spider. What's going on? Here? <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> Epics is going to be putting out a uh, a show about Alfred. It's called Pennyworth. You know, we heard about this a long time ago uh, that they were planning on doing like a Pennyworth spinoff. And now it's not a spinoff. It's not even in the universe. It's apparently a 10-episode series about Alfred in his younger days as a special forces agent living in London uh, during the 60s, working with uh, Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas. Yeah. I'm just going to say how I feel about this. Fuck that shit, man. I don't know, man. If they really like lean into the 60s aesthetic, really play with it, make it cool. Uh, I mean, it's Bruno Heller and Danny Cannon from Gotham. That's the part that I'm really annoyed with. Doesn't it involve Sean Pertwee, which is what annoys me? But, um... I mean, I could do without that, because if you're going to go back that long, yeah, I mean, maybe you can't do him. But same producers, we, we registered this domain, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. 
that you, you could just say it was going to be tied in and do a couple of mentions. Instead, you're going to throw it on some channel that it's hard to get to. <laughs> I'm assuming you'll be, probably be able to buy it on on Spy Season Pass on Amazon or something, man. I'm sure because you can for a lot of things, but come on, like this could have been something really fun. And what they throw at us is like, hey, the APs from Gotham that you are in love. By the way, we're not using anything that you've built. All of their trust is broken. We're gonna do this other thing with this character that we made you love. Well, it's I don't know if they do it right. It could be a little. You know, a nice little like spy throwback period piece, and I could be really done with that. And I'm not trying to like, you know, get up a sass about something that it's not because it's not something that I wanted. You know what I mean? Like, I completely I c- understand that mentality of, and I agree. Just because, like, Lucifer is a great example of like we hated it for a lot of reasons, but one of them is you could have done so much more. Mm-hmm. This one. I agree you could have done so much more, but you gave me so many pieces of the the same puzzle and just said, oh, but it's different. Mm-hmm. That one's like that one's a little annoying. Well, I don't really need anything that happened in Gotham to have anything to do with this. If we're going like Alfred as a spy back in the 60s, that's fine. Like You don't have to do anything. Like, I don't need anything from Gotham. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the, the, I don't know, the, the point I would make is... If you were Alfred in the 60s, you had no idea Gotham was a situation. Right. I get that. And he still doesn't. I get that. <laughs> I don't know that I want to see it go beyond a 10-episode series. I don't know. It depends on when I, on, you know. Like, I don't want to see it, him have, like, a year one kind of uh, bat vision situation. It's not that. Yeah. It's just you gave me all the – so many similar ingredients, and then you, you just – said oh but it's completely separate and we're not doing that mm-hmm a little annoying i'm sorry buddy now on the bright side heller and co <laughs> obviously or stevens and heller yeah uh do i know heller understand. and danny cannon stevens isn't there that's a different one uh obviously do understand alfred like yeah, they understand I mean, how to make a cool alfred so i get that it's it's just i don't know i don't know i'm down to see it i you know my my only real annoyance is oh, it's another show but I mean, well, that's that. also a oh, it's another show. Yeah, <laughs> we always had that mixed feeling. <laughs> yeah, so I have started to deeply wish that there was a summer season that the networks accepted as open play. Mm-hmm. And um, God willing, we get there sometime. Like it, it's not so much that like we'll we'll like we'll see a new show coming and think, oh my God, that sounds great, and then there's an afterthought of, oh man, fall is going to be busy. Mm-hmm. It would just be nice if we could move this thing around a little bit. That's all. Just from a viewer's perspective. Yeah. Got plenty of time happening between, say, June and August. Mm-hmm. I'm still watching TV. Sure. Throw it in there, buddy. So uh, I, we talked about this a little bit, but um, they did the Network Upfronts presentation, and Stephen Amell made the announcement that Batwoman was going to be a part of their uh, their big crossover this, this coming season. They're going to Gotham. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's exciting. Like, and depending on like, I don't know. We don't know like if she's like Batwoman from Earth thirty eight. We know that the Supergirl universe has their own version of Gotham. Clark's got his friend with the gadgets. They've mentioned they've name dropped that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we also know that on Earth one we have a Gotham. Like mm-hmm. they've referenced Oracle. They've referenced Bloodhaven. They've referenced Gotham. They've talked about Bruce Wayne. There's the right. Wayne Tech merger. So I don't know which version of this we're going to. No idea. Um. Should be no- noted that Maggie Sawyer is in uh, Earth 38, is in Supergirl, and uh, I believe that's who Batwoman is romantically linked with in the comics. 
Oh, they could really go in any way with this. I think she was actually linked with Montoya at some point as well. Yes. So anyway. The one thing I feel really sorry for is all of the backlash. Like once we see her, it's going to, you know, it's going to be like an unfed addiction, man. Mm -hmm. You see any part of the Bat family, it's going to be, when am I getting the next one? I'm already there, man. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean you mentioned Wing Tech? What do you mean? (laughs) I want Drake and Grayson right now. Throw it in. I do. I, I, if they weren't making movies out of it, I, I mean, oh my gosh, like I would just be so, like, yeah, do a Nightwing show, do a Nightwing show. That's what I want. Anyway. It would have made a good well, CW show, I think, if they had done like Blue Haven or Blood Haven, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. So uh, the Flash season four is now on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, just throwing that out there for you guys. Uh, it's eight days past the finale or something. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, executive producer of the Flash, Todd Helbing. Uh, recently talked about Tom Cavanaugh uh, and how they sat down in Vancouver and banged out a new version of Harrison Wells that gives Tom something new and fun to play with. Uh, Cavanaugh also mentioned that he keeps several versions of Wells waiting in the wings in case they need them, and that even when some of them get filmed, they have to cut it down to keep the focus of the show on track. He seemed a bit upset with that, that the Russian Wells hit the cutting room floor. <laughs> i, I got to be honest, this season... The, some of the like, the first time we saw a couple of those wells, those like the, the Council of Wells or whatever. Yeah, I was kind of I, I I laughed, but like by the second or third time, whatever it was, like I was a little bit like, ah, this is just a cartoon. You didn't want like a season of any of those. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like I don't want the German wells. I don't like Matthew McConaughey wells, whatever he is. <laughs> Can we just like not do that? If we do, can we make them like real people, flesh them out so they're not just like one note cartoons? Yeah. No. Uh, as a guideline, I don't want an accent. Mm. Uh, yeah. That would kind of bother me all season. Like I believe that he's good enough that he could do an accent all season and probably pull it off. But it it's just even within just the Kavanaugh vocal structure, I think you've still got more you can do. He's a good mm-hmm. actor, man. He can he can he can make this happen. He's solid. I, yeah, I think they have something going that's not going to be gimmicky in any way. Mm-hmm. They pulled it off how many years in a row now? Four. <laughs> we can trust him. That's the thing. I think the the Harrison Council seemed a little gimmicky. It did to me. It did. But I loved HR. But it, like that's the other thing is they like they put it in a bottle. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Over to Arrow. Uh, Arrow season six is now on Netflix. And um, TV Line is reporting that while Oliver is in prison, the team is going to be facing uh, an ambitious new anti-vigilante SCPD recruit who they are describing by saying, if vigilantes were vampires, consider her your Buffy. That's pretty dope. Yep. Uh, They're also bringing in uh, someone that's being uh, described as uh, a Caucasian technology uh, Wiz, who is homosexual and has a heartbroken past. Like, they, he's got some sort of heartbreak in his past. And a lot of people are saying this is going to be Blue Beetle. To that I say, well, you've hinted at Ted Cord a damn enough on the show. A like, damn enough indeed. <laughs> like, bring me Ted Cord, damn it. I think I have literally said the words, fuck you, where's Ted Cord before? <laughs> well, his name is on all of these boxes and all of these trucks. Yeah, just crates of Cord Industries material keep falling out of shit. Mm-hmm. And we have no originator. Come on, man. Yeah. Bring it. 
Now, Amel said that they were going to de- be debuting a new character that gave him, quote, goosebumps. No, I'm assuming that's probably going to be the, the Buffy character, the uh, SCPD person. Um, he also said, though, that uh, the signature goatee is coming. He kind of acted like it's not going to be there forever, though. He says, I can't promise that it's, I'm going to keep the goatee forever. I can definitely promise that I'm not going to wear that stupid hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I don't know. He once said as much about the goatee, though. Uh, I... Yeah, you never know. Like, I think, I think what scares uh, what scares him more than the, than the any character is that look. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, I think he loves the character and thinks this guy looks like an idiot. And I will never do that. Mm-hmm. But I would really love to play this character. Yeah, I don't need the hat. I like the goatee, but I, I don't need the hat. I don't really need either. Honestly, this interpretation is fine without facial hair. You know, I don't mind if it's just for a minute, but I do want to see the goatee, like, proper, like, as he, when he's still young, not just in the future. And I kind of <laughs> want people to make fun of him for it. Like, I, because Oliver is so stoic, I want people to make fun of him for it. Like, I, that is, that sounds amazing to me. That, yeah, I, I could get behind that for, like, an episode turn of, why do you have that happening? What's happening on your face right now? He's like, I like it. <laughs> it's good. It's classic. No, it needs to go away. And then they should have like a scene where Diggle comes in. He's got a goatee as well, and he just looks at Oliver and walks away. And the next time we see him, they he doesn't both have walk a goatee away anymore. <laughs> Without saying a word, they both walk away. And the next time we see him, they're both like, "Well, for Diggle, clean shaven, and for him, stubbled." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think they just I nod think and should... continue talking about the villain. I think we should we should see Diggle again, and he doesn't have it, and and Ollie still does, <laughs> and and Ollie gets like. I don't know, somewhat. Oh, a little bit of uh, bro betrayal kind of thing. I don't know. I was gonna think like he just got like a little self conscious. Uh, like, oh, he saw him. mine was so bad that he it made him shave his. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Thought we were goatee bros, man. Come on, no. <laughs> no. All right, so they've also announced excitingly. I, I don't even know what to do with this. Uh, a Doom Patrol spinoff from Titans. For the DC Universe streaming service, it's going to have a 13 episode order. Um, we're uh, we're looking at Robot Man, Negative Man, Elastigirl. Uh, the uh, the synopsis says uh, Doom Patrol is a reimagining of one of DC's most beloved group of outcast superheroes, Robot Man, Negative Girl, Elastigirl, and Crazy Jane. Uh, that's that Grant Morrison character, mm-hmm. led by modern day mad scientist Dr. Niles Calder, the chief. The Doom Patrol's members each suffered horrible accidents that gave them superhuman abilities, but also left them scarred and disfigured. Traumatized and downtrodden, the team found purpose through the Chief, who brought them together to investigate the weirdest phenomena in existence and to protect Earth from what they find. Part support group, part superhero team, the Doom Patrol is a band of superpowered freaks who fight for a world that wants nothing to do with them. Uh, And it does pick up after the events of Titans, and uh, Cyborg is going to be there, uh, who comes to them with a mission hard to refuse, but with a warning that is hard to ignore. I, it sounds cool. I am not the biggest Doom Patrol fan. I've never gotten really deep into it. I've always planned to kind of go back and, and dig into that. I'm I'm aware of them enough to be like, when if I see them, I go, oh, it's Doom Patrol, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and I probably... I'm, I, I say I probably will, but I probably won't. I'll, <laughs> I'll try to go back... <laughs> I really will. At least the Grant Morrison run. At least yeah, that. Yeah. I might uh, I might try to see if Scott will let me borrow one of his Omnibuy. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Anyway. Possibly. Over to Krypton, executive producer Cameron Welsh said of the season one finale, Kandor didn't get taken. We established and probably repeated across the season. Uh, I guess spoilers for Krypton. <laughs> I should have mentioned that. Mm-hmm. We established and probably repeated. Says it right at the front repeated. of the show. Huh? Says it right at the front of the show. It does. I just feel bad. I Kandor to get too, didn't get taken. We established and probably repeated across the season the course of events that led to Krypton's destruction and ultimately to the birth of Superman. Those events have passed now, and so we're very much on a different timeline. So that cloud of inevitability that was perhaps hanging over the show in terms of where it would always naturally end has lifted. It's liberating. We're free from that, and even though we've been saying it all along, hopefully now people will genuinely see that on this show, literally anything can happen. Well, that's fine. I don't think that's how it's going to end, though. Like, you guys can do anything you want and then still end it with Superman being Superman. Yeah, but... You, you know? It does give them a little bit of freedom they didn't have before. Yeah. I freely admit I just, that. And uh, I like that the focus is on that because mm-hmm. it it was a worry going into the show. It was like, oh, we're introducing so-and-so and so-and-so. It was like, yeah, who, ca- who the hell cares? We know all the characters' backstories and it ends in this. So if you mm-hmm. undo a big piece of the puzzle, like Kandor... Mm-hmm. Which undoes the explosion of Krypton. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. Um, Theoretically. If you undo a huge piece of that puzzle, how do you get back to that? And they, in the finale, they do a, a good job of giving you a, a, you know, a sense of wonder and whimsy about it. Like, in this version, there aren't, I think, I think you pointed that out, like, there aren't Superman statues, there are Zod statues. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's, um, yeah, like, there's... Something going on within the show, within the context of how they get there, that might actually be more interesting than we all know where it goes. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'll see. I'm down. As an Elseworld tale, yeah, a lot more play. Everything's an Elseworlds tale, though. Oh, oh, these days, isn't it? I, you know, I, I keep just... seeing people with headlines and stuff. Well, is this canon? This is breaking away from canon. What is canon? <laughs> the like DC canon is really hard to define. DC rests like rests on its laurels, and those laurels being that they operate within a multiverse, and there are an infinite number of realities. Pretty much, I mean, sometimes they say it's only fifty-two, but we know the real truth. I mean, oh, no, but it's not. It was infinite. Sometimes fifty-two, then it's unnumbered. Eh, it's just it's bizarre. Yeah, you know, go pick up an uh, an issue of of any DC comic and. Within six years, that will be, you know, a different continuity than what's considered canon right now. It's just, you know, that's fine. That's what comic books do. It's one of the things I actually liked about Legends, the idea of cementing. Mm. It's true, though. What cements in our minds is what matters. <laughs> that's one of the reasons that DC fans are so varied. Why there's such division in the in the ranks. It's, it's a human mind, man. It's a bunch of neurons banging around like you, you, you remember what you remember. Mm-hmm. It's not static. It, it, I don't. I don't care who you run into and who says they have a photographic memory, even though that doesn't exist. You, you yeah. just you remember what you remember, and you remember it that way. So yeah. you remember a certain character with a certain panache that maybe isn't there. I mean, you know, I just think Ral that there's no one sitting around going like, "Well, I don't, I don't like any of these. I haven't liked Lex Luthor in some forty years because Superman didn't blow his hair off with his super breath." <laughs> In that lab. Yeah. Not even Superman, Superboy. Peh. <laughs> Just, no. <laughs> I hate Luther you, Superboy. Luther and Superman have never worked before. Together, blah, blah, blah. And I picked up that issue two weeks ago. I, what are you going to do? Like, that's, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so we've got some listener feedback. Jordan Valdez of the Multiverse Musings podcast left us a voicemail talking about Gotham Season 4, so if you haven't caught up, just jump ahead a few minutes because he's going to get into some stuff here. And uh, here we go. Hey there, Dave and Jason. This is Jordan Valdez calling in to talk about, well, the end of Gotham Season 4, so spoilers up through the season finale. I I guess I'm expecting you guys to do a, a season finale recap, um, so I guess I'm calling in about that. Um, I'm actually calling in Thursday night after the finale aired, and I loved this finale. And really, though, I want to talk about the end of the season as a whole, because I just loved it. I loved the beginning of this season, too, uh, particularly the stuff with Professor Pig, because I think he's one of the most underrated Batman villains. I love Professor Pig. But my biggest complaint with the beginning of the season was how little Batcat we got. I mean, you guys know how big a Batcat shipper I am. And we didn't get, after they broke up last season, season three, we didn't get much of that at the beginning of the season. And then we just started getting so much of it in the second half of the season. And it just took a season that I already loved and just took it to a whole nother level. And I just, I really loved seeing the buildup to what we got towards the end of the season with Bruce and Selena. I really loved, um, you know, well, they, they faked this out. I kept waiting for us to get, they kept Bruce and Selena sort of reconciled their differences. They were starting to get back together. Then they faked this out thinking I was, they, Faked me out thinking I was going to get a bad cat kiss like three times until we finally got one in one bad day, which, by the way, is my favorite episode of the entire series. I mean, it would be almost impossible for it not to be when you give me three of the greatest live-action bad cat scenes ever um, with first Selena telling Bruce, Bruce, I'm going to be here whenever you need me. So beautiful, showing that she's always got his back. Then the scene where she snaps him out of Scarecrow's fear toxin, saying, Bruce, look at me. And it just shows the connection they have and the love he has for her, that she's the one who's able to, she's his rock, and she's able to get him to snap out of Scarecrow's fear toxin. And I really love that. And then, of course, the final scene where they kiss, which just, I was sobbing tears of joy in that scene, which turned to tears of sorrow with the devastating ending to it, which, of course, led into the season finale um but really that those three scenes in that episode just as a huge bad cat shipper i couldn't have been happier um i've been so impressed with cameron monoghan um the, you know the twist obviously i love him as jerome i'm loving him as jeremiah tom king i think showed in the war of jokes and riddles that a more subdued um joker can be just as terrifying as the more maniacal crazy joker and i feel like that's what we're getting with um jeremiah um, as opposed to Jerome, and I'm just I'm just eating it up. I'm loving it. Um, so it's going to be a long wait, unfortunately, till season five. But I'm so glad we are getting a season five, and um, I I can't wait because um, the way this ended, setting up No Man's Land. Wow. Um, talk to you guys later. Bye bye. All right, Jordan. Man, sorry it's taking so long for us to get this on the show. Yeah. Um, we probably should have put it on the Gotham feedback, and I just and I didn't even I forgot about it, and then I was like, oh, we'll just put it on the news. <laughs> but here we are. It has been played. Thank you so much for for calling in, man. Quick question for Jordan, Jordan though. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obvi- if he's reading the 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 War of Jokes and Riddles, he's obviously up to date. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's up to date because you know Selena and Bruce are, are getting hitched. You yeah. know the comics. Yeah. So that's my question. Are you worried or excited? I think based on his Twitter post, this is like the most exciting thing that's ever happened for him. Okay. <laughs> Full excited? <laughs> yeah, I think he's excited. All right. Because I think you should be worried. Oh, what do you, why, why, because there's no way they're going to let Catwoman live? Oh, um, well, I, I put it up. I could find a uh, nice picture of the Joker, like, ripping apart a card that has bad on one side and cat on the other. Mm. 
they have plans for the Joker in this series. It's actually it's actually really fun. It was like a uh, like a teaser issue kind of thing. Uh, mm. God, I forget what they called it. It's annoying. I had it sitting on my desk like this time last week. But it's it's some issue where like they uh, they tease No Justice, they tease um, the Batcat wedding and something else. That I can't remember right this second. But okay, <laughs> part of the fun is like it's just Joker with some random dude. And when I say random dude, I mean random dude. It, it's like the logic is. Uh, they wouldn't know where to send the invitation, so they would send it to someone, and you're someone, so I'm here. And he's just, like, mm-hmm. holding this person hostage, which to him right. makes perfect sense. But then, like, he finally gets, like, a slip of paper like, delivered in the mail, and he's like, oh, it's perfect. And, uh, yeah, it's it's like a utility bill or some shit, and he just kills the guy anyway and goes off to go see the wedding. <laughs> All right. Hey, I don't know why that... <laughs> well, I don't know why Batman and, and Catwoman would send out invitations anyway. <laughs> kind but. of exactly is the point of that particular yeah. <laughs> little little shot of the the Joker mind. Mm-hmm. I you know I haven't gotten around to any of that. I I I would assume that Catwoman is at the very least the marriage is not long for this for this ca- for this canon. <laughs> A lot of speculation. Anyway, I I would like to know uh, his level of trepidation. At least, surely there's some. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of Superman being lo- married to Lois Lane. I'm a big fan of Batman being married to Catwoman. Let's just, let, you know, that's a good way of getting the, the romance out of Batman. Just you know, do it. it's, it's just fine. Like, we can just, just have that. Marry him. Fine. Just marry him off. Just marry him off, dude. Like, have a fun little scene where Catwoman goes to poison Ivy. All right, look, I know we're tight sometimes, but you're gonna have to stop. <laughs> you gotta have to stop throwing those pheromones in Batman's face. All right, because yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, over on Facebook and the Facebook group, Matthew Ryan Cronin says, uh, "Slight Deadpool cast slash uh, Supergirl five weeks ago." Spoiler, <laughs> so spoilers, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wanted to say, completely agree with Jason on the CGI thing. I'm always happy to see any version, even if it's the shitty CGI flying monkeys and Supergirl. Just be happy it's live action. Keep the bitching, not y'all, fan bases as a whole, to a minimum, and watch it, and it'll probably get better. It does get better. I I wish I could go back and tell some of the people, you know, who were undoubtedly bitching in their homes watching Superboy in mm-hmm. the 80s. Guys, give them a minute. I don't believe this. But uh, it's going to look pretty damn good in, like, 2018. And guess what? There'll still be people arguing about how bad this looks. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, but it's going to look way better than this. At this point, it's... I've started to like rehear the argument as like it's not like oh my god the CGI in this scene was terrible it's it's in parentheses oh my god I cannot suspend my disbelief <laughs> I have lost all childhood wonder Here's the sad thing like most of the time especially with with TV shows like it's not the case really so much in movies but with TV shows the um the the CGI parts the the fight scenes and stuff are where I like decide to like do something else for a minute because I'm like, yep, da 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 da. I'm almost like just like listening to the music and like being told what's happening through that. Like I'm just like, all right. Because <laughs> action just bores me a lot of times. It just does. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> but I agree. Like uh, you know, I don't mind. Like when you're talking about something is as, as, as far as a review and you're, you know, proffering a criticism. That's fine. But just try to be fair with it. I guess you know. I mean, when it's bad, it's bad. I get it, but. To to some extent, what we're seeing now, I I think 
originally I said, like, fuck you, we live in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little harsh, mm-hmm. but still, come on, man. We live in the future. Mm-hmm. Just, we're getting to see things that we never even bothered to imagine. Right. Don't, like, don't forgive it outright. We saw the Green Lantern costume. Like, we we get it. There, there are limits. But nitpicking on an HD frame, eh, just enjoy the story sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite version of the DC Universe is still the, the animated series through, you know, Justice League Unlimited. Um, I'll watch 2D cartoons. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Scott Madison on Facebook talking about the Flash Season 4 finale. This is, again, the Facebook group. I agree with the notion that it was weaker than their usual finale. Even the Season T's uh, final note seemed really underplayed. Very mild spoilers ahead leaving little clues through the entire season with uh, with unknown symbols. The ever-present girl in this house's bitchin' only to have it to be the longest tease of the following season was a letdown. I wanted more of a payoff than one character revealed before the credits. Now, what were you talking about? Like, you were saying that they you had read that they had cut the the tease of the final of the ne- of next season's villain. Yeah, the way I heard it, they cut something that actually shot that teased the next season's villain. Okay. Also, I'm, like, equally annoyed, like, I guess by, like, not seeing the next season villain, but I was actually more excited by, uh, like, that mystery character carrying over into another season and not being bottled by Mm -hmm. one season. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that was something that, like, as I was, as I'm watching it, like, just first time watching it, and, you know, I know the season's wrapping up, I was kind of excited about, like, it wasn't just a feeling of... Oh my god, what's going to happen? It's I kind of know and I'm a little excited. Yeah, I was fine with Mystery Girls, I think. Like maybe I wanted a little bit more. Uh, I don't know. I may have changed my mind since the review. I'm not sure. I don't remember what I said. Ah. But as humans, we're allowed to change our minds, so if you're over here like, you know, cataloging my inconsistencies, I'm going to go, "Yeah, so." <laughs> and what? <laughs> but yeah, I I would have liked to have known like one of the things I liked about uh, season three is that they brought up DeVoe a few times. So you're like, ah, oh, shit, they're going to do the thinker. And you get to look forward to that. I don't know. I, there was a, uh, there's something nice about that. <laughs> so I guess I did kind of miss that, but anyway, um, our last bit of fan feedback here, uh, Gerald Edwards on Twitter asked, hi guys. I was wondering if there's any plan of reviewing Batman Ninja. Now I responded, I told him like, I plan to watch and review it at some point, but I wasn't sure about you. Cause I know you don't care for the anime. Yeah. I, I, I hate to like exclude an entire genre, but man, I just, yeah, I, I've tried and I can't. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, <laughs> I guess that is going to be the answer. Like I, I will watch it eventually when I get a chance to really sit down with it. And if, uh, you know, Jason really does stick to his guns here. Oh, I have no um, guns. That's the no problem. Guns? I have no guns. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's no animus. I just I cannot find myself caring about it. All right. And we have so many other things we can actually get around to reviewing that we both care about. That's true. But yeah, I might put out an episode with uh, with just myself or somebody who's seen it who wants to talk about it. Uh, whatever. I don't know. You have I my have blessing. No plan. You have my blessing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard a lot of people talking about it, uh, saying it's trash, and a lot of people like just you know not being able to get their mind around like you know Eastern narrative supposedly. Uh, a lot of people just uh, you know don't care for it. I, I don't. I, I, then other people saying, "Oh man, it was the best thing ever." All right. I don't know. It looked cool. 
it looked weird and cool to me, but I, I don't know. Maybe I'm easy to please. I haven't actually watched it. Oh, you're for sure not easy to please. That What's that's that? you're not easy to please. That's that's off the I table. I didn't think I was. It's off the table. Yeah, we're we're gonna I, have to uh, we're gonna have to have you watch this one and see where it goes. I think I might. I might be getting harder to please in certain areas because I'm getting burnt out on certain kinds of tropes, but I'm also like becoming more laid back. <laughs> so I'm more willing to be like, yeah, for what it was, Justice League was good. I don't care. That's a hard thing to reconcile. <laughs> I kind of get where you know you're I mean? coming from because we talk about it a lot, but when you say it out loud, that is that is a hard thing to reconcile. <laughs> well, because at the same time, like, like just perfectly, that that is the perfect example. Justice League is the perfect example for it because like I'm like, Oh yeah, it was shit. And like, yeah, but she said you liked it. I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just not mad about it anymore. I'm just like, whatever. I mean, yeah, it was mediocre, but it was it was enjoyable for what it was. Like, I had a couple of laughs, you know. Right. It was entertaining for a for a couple of hours. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know I don't feel like there's like any deeper meaning or anything. I'm not gonna sit there and watch it like 15 million times, like I've seen Primer, you know, or. Uh, <laughs> It's not, you know. It's not your Shaun of the Dead. It's not my Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is more my Shaun of the Dead than that. <laughs> I love Shaun of the Dead. I really do. It's a tight I film. I love Blues man. Brothers more. What? It's a tight film, dude. It is. It's a tight film. Anyway, uh, just uh, just to recap on uh, on what you can do if you want to leave us a voicemail, you call 205-259-6331, and then you talk. And uh, we'll be able to download that and uh, put it into the show and respond to you. Uh, and you can also, if you just want to do this thing textually, uh, you can go and talk to us on Twitter at DC on Screen. We're at Facebook. We have a Facebook page you can talk to us on. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash DC on Screen podcast. I'll put that link in the show notes. Um, we Is that do. Uh, the what? Is that the one to avoid the boobies? I'm confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. that is. So, uh, and we do encourage you to pop over to iTunes and uh, let us know how how we're doing. We're going to be like Ed Koch. That's a dated reference. How am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> 90s mayor of New York reference. Woo, buddy. We're there, yeah. <laughs> this is why this is what BTR says that our main demo is like 45 to 65. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I'm making freaking 90s Ed Koch jokes. It's a version anyway. of polling that our people understand. Yeah. DCOnScreen.com. <laughs> on the nightly news. <laughs> DCOnScreen.com for every episode. It's all free. DCOnScreen.com. We'll, uh, we, I don't think we have any reviews or anything, so we'll just come back next week with another news update. Oh, yeah. No. Right? right it's, Sound we're right? We're waiting on Supergirl for reviews. Yeah, it's just back That's right. news now. So, everyone. All those everyone, pesky reviews out of our way. At the very least, come uh, come, <laughs> come talk to us on Twitter and Facebook and and uh, offer Jason your uh, sincerest uh, congratulations or condolences on uh, his forthcoming spawn mm -hmm. and give him some advice because I know he likes that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen.
Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, can be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, the TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more. Are you maladjusted? Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. You know what drives you, what inspires you. You know why you're here today, thinking about your education and your career. But do you know how to get where you're going? Indiana Wesleyan University is a place where your dreams and goals are known, where you're pushed to excel, and you're supported beyond graduation day. Explore our tuition guarantee, our faith-integrated coursework, and more than 100 online degree programs. See how it's possible at iwuishow.com.